For 381 years, the islands of the Philippines were occupied by conquistadors, missionaries, merchants, soldiers, spies, and colonizers of every stripe. That's 381 years of history, and we're here to talk about the stories lost in between the cracks of the centuries. This is Occupy Filipinas, Episode 6. Quarantines, Asymptomatic Carriers, and the Bubonic Plague. Have you heard of the video game called Red Dead Redemption 2? Released in late 2018, Red Dead Redemption 2 was a shoe-in for many year-end best-of lists, with critics praising the game's commitment to detail and authenticity. Yes, this was the video game where your horse's balls visibly shrink when it's cold out. The game may be set in a fictional turn-of-the-century American Midwest, but the simulation is so immersive that this might be the closest you can get to living the life of a 19th-century cowboy and gunslinger. So in this game, you play as an Old West outlaw named Arthur Morgan, the member of a notorious gang of bandits, robbers, and conmen. Part of the video game's excellent stage setting is the historical context. History isn't all up in your face in this game compared to, say, the Assassin's Creed series, where you can't turn a corner without running into Leonardo da Vinci or Cleopatra. But in the elegy to the Old West that is Red Dead Redemption 2, little background details from the real world seep into the game and go a long way into recreating its vision of a desolate, vanishing American frontier. So, you're playing the game? You're Arthur, you're a cowboy, you're an outlaw, and it's 1899. Early in the game, you can pick up a newspaper in the town of Valentine called the New Hanover Gazette. Tucked to the left side are a few column inches devoted to the start of the Philippine-American War. War breaks out in Philippines, says the small, unassuming headline. So far, so standard. The Philippine occupation regularly made the news at the time, with many newspapers duking it out as pro- or anti-publications. What's interesting, though, is the article above that one. The headline says, Bubonic Plague Spreads, Arriving Ships Quarantined. The article reads, The epidemic of bubonic plague has broken out in India and Hong Kong and spread to our troops in the Philippines. Several soldiers have died in Manila of what was called a loathsome disease. We can never know for sure if the video game developers who made this game actually knew this. But this is a historical event that actually happened. The time frame is slightly off, but the plague did arrive in Manila from Hong Kong. While the game dates the epidemic to around the same time as the declaration of war, the first reported outbreak actually occurred near the end of 1899. By February 1900, 48 cases were reported in the city. It was, in the words of medical historian Warwick Anderson, the first major test of American bacteriology in the Philippines. 
Throughout its history, plagues and epidemics have appeared often in the Philippine archipelago. Like forest fires that quickly leap out of control, outbreaks of disease would run rampant through the islands, leaving scores of sick and dead until the sickness burned itself out. In the 1800s, cholera was the great enemy. The disease as we know it originated in the Ganges Delta in the 19th century, spreading worldwide through the global trade routes of the British Empire. The germ that causes it, a microscopic bacteria called Vibrio cholerae, is one of history's deadliest killers. Once ingested into the body through food or water, it causes violent diarrhea that can kill you within hours if left untreated. But it was only because of the deadly cholera outbreaks in that century that the science of epidemiology came into being. No longer would people think of disease as being caused by spirits or vapors or reeking clouds of deadly miasma. An Italian anatomist discovered the Vibrio cholerae bacteria under his microscope. Wriggling, curled, stubby worms, a singular flagellum emerging from their rod-shaped bodies and whipping wildly about. When the Americans invaded the Philippines, they sought to apply the full force of this new science, with medical officers attached to the military, establishing a new hygienic regime across the colony. General George Sternberg, who was both a doctor and a general, reported that the garrison towns and villages in the Philippines had poor sanitary conditions. Many were aware that Filipinos bathed daily, but even so, the Americans insisted that their newly conquered subjects were full of contagious diseases and were, in one surgeon's words, microscopically unclean. Military doctors soon found themselves on the front lines of a different kind of war. The militaristic practices and systems brought on by these medical officers would form the foundation of Philippine public health. By September 1898, as U.S. and Spanish delegates began to meet in Paris to decide the fate of the Philippines, Manila had already been split into 10 sanitary districts by the new occupiers. Each district was headed by a municipal physician. A board of health was soon established, mostly made up of army officers. Sanitation and health workers roamed around their respective districts, cleaning up the streets, checking the purity of the food supply, establishing sewage systems, and forcibly vaccinating residents against diseases like smallpox. In the American mind, they would conquer tropical disease with the same precision and discipline that they brought in their military campaigns against the Filipino guerrillas. It would be a war against sickness. It would be a war against poor health. It would be a war against what General Sternberg called filth of all kinds. And then in 1899, the bubonic plague arrived. In the 14th century, the bubonic plague was known by another name, the Black Death. The deadliest pandemic in the history of the world, it emerged from the heartlands of China and set the Silk Roads alight, spreading from city to city 
as trade caravans brought the disease with them. In the port cities of Constantinople and the Crimea, flea-bitten rats jumped aboard ships, and when these vessels reached their destinations in Italy, these stowaways escaped and brought the plague into Europe. From 1347 to 1351, estimated deaths from the disease ranged from 20 million to 200 million. The bacteria that causes the plague is carried by fleas, which like to piggyback aboard rats. If you are infected, you quickly develop a high fever, a rash, and the telltale buboes, where the word bubonic comes from, which are these ugly black swelling of lymph nodes along the neck and the groin that burst into rivers of pus. In 1894, or more than 500 years after the Black Death, a French scientist named Alexander Yersin journeyed to Hong Kong, and by examining the pus released from the buboes of plague victims, he became among the first to discover the bacteria that caused the plague. It would later be named Yersinia pestis in his honor. Five years later, ships departing from Hong Kong would bring the bubonic plague to Manila. With the discovery of the bacteria still so fresh, the colonial health officers responded swiftly and decisively. The newly formed Board of Health went into action. All ships coming into Manila's busy port and not just vessels from Hong Kong, were searched for human cases. The board also demanded that anyone who reported suffering from the disease should be isolated in a sick room, disinfected with carbolic acid, with most of their clothes and personal effects burned. Online, you can read a news article about the Manila epidemic that was published on January 9, 1900, in the San Francisco Call. It is noted that the cases of plague reported are confined to the native class, says the article. To prevent the spread of disease, the public was urged to boil their water, wash regularly, take out the trash, and wear shoes to prevent bacteria from entering the body through wounds on the feet. The medical authorities also turned their wrath on rats. Just the year before, Another French scientist, building upon the work of Yersin, had already figured out that rat-borne fleas carried the plague bacteria. Even so, American scientists in Manila still had questions about how exactly the disease was transmitted. But no matter. If rats were involved, then there would be a war on rats. The Board of Health went on a rodent hunting spree. Within the city, teams of rat catchers went from house to house, setting out traps and poison. In 1902 alone, 20,000 rats were delivered to the Board of Health laboratory. 10,000 of these were examined under a microscope, and 13 were found infected with the plague bacteria. Ships were also searched for rodents. The board also instructed people living in Manila to replace wooden floors with concrete and to burn all rat manure. The board was also on the lookout for something they called the ambulatory plague, 
one day, you could be walking on the street like normal, and the next, you drop dead from the plague. No buboes, no symptoms, just sudden, unexplained death. The Chinese, some medical officers claimed, were victims of this strange plague. This was because, as a 1901 letter from the Board of Health claimed, they keep much longer in severe illness than any other races here. The board cautioned physicians that even healthy-looking Chinese, or for that matter, Filipinos, could be asymptomatic carriers of the plague, who were, as the letter said, scattering and implanting the disease throughout the islands. But despite all the efforts of the Board of Health, the plague would persist in the Philippines for the next seven years. And then, in 1902, a far greater threat would emerge. This time, an outbreak of cholera. By then, the Board of Health used even more severe methods to contain the spread of disease. Using contact tracing, officials would forcibly remove sick patients from their homes and isolate them in tent facilities at the San Lazaro Hospital grounds or a special military zone at Santa Mesa Heights. The entire city of Manila was placed in lockdown and no one was allowed to go in or out without permission. In some cases, entire districts, including the homes made of nipa, were burned down and residents were forced to bathe in a bichloride solution. Reports of bubonic plague would die down, then briefly flare up again in 1912. In 1916, the New York Herald would blame rising incidences of the plague on the Filipinization of the health service. And of course, in 2020, in the middle of the global COVID-19 pandemic, fears of the bubonic plague briefly flared up again in July when one case was reported in China. Presidential spokesperson Harry Roque told the public not to worry because the borders of the country had already been sealed shut. It's interesting to look back and see the terminologies and anxieties of epidemics, so familiar to us now in this blighted year of 2020, echoing in reports that are more than a century old. Quarantines, border controls, contact tracing, asymptomatic carriers, hand washing, a public that must be disciplined and controlled by military force if necessary. The fears of an invisible enemy that continually haunt us for as long as disease and death stalk these islands. To go back briefly to Red Dead Redemption 2, the Philippines gets another shout-out later in the game. Your character, Arthur Morgan, makes a stopover at the outlaw camp that he calls home. One of the gang members, the grizzled old-timer known as Uncle, is going over a newspaper, riled up over reports of the war. He says, Why are we having a war with the goddamn Philippines? Who cares about the Philippines? What even are the Philippines? And then you can walk past him and go on with your cowboy life. This podcast was written and created by Leo Mangubat for Summit Books. It was recorded and engineered by Ayus and Anya Reyes 
and produced by Kim Gunn. It is based on my series of historical articles originally published in Esquire, Philippines. For this episode about the bubonic plague, I have based this narrative primarily on Warwick Anderson's 2006 book, Colonial Pathologies, American Tropical Medicine, Race, and Hygiene in the Philippines. A few parts have been embellished for dramatic purposes. This concludes the first season of Occupy Filipinas. Thank you for listening in.